Welcome to the Gate 7 International Podcast, your official English source for all things Olympiakos FC and Greek football. The first day of training is when I realized, oh, this is why they win the league every year. When I, I spoke with Kevin, if I'm going to sign or no for Olympiakos, I say, you're a crazy good deal like my friend. I can't speak, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, What's up, everybody? Gate 7 International back at it again. Sunday afternoon or evening edition for some of you, especially those of you in Greece and Europe. How is everyone doing today on this lovely, lovely Sunday? A lot of things to be happy about, a lot of revelry to be had this past weekend. So many things going on for all manner of red and white in different countries as well. Obviously, the first things first, Gosta number 47. First time going live since we are the champions after the game, the home game against Bauk, after the celebrations in the Karaskaki Stadium. We've talked about how the season hasn't been the best season in terms of what we've seen, the product on the field. But nonetheless, even at our worst, we still win the title in Greece. Number 47 is here. Congratulations as well to our women's basketball winning as well in in the Panathinaikos home court. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Kevin Milalas here. Guys, you should be all together today. Look, man, everybody's schedule is tough. Everyone's is tough. A lot of partying from uh, Eurovision last night. A lot <laughs> I don't of, think uh... that's the one. I don't <laughs> think that's it, man. I don't think that's it, man. We're from just getting older is what's happening. A lot of responsibilities. Exactly. That is so true. Uh, 100%. You know how it is, guys. Uh, we try to get as many of us on here as possible, and we're hoping that we can get the entire crew back on for a show in the future, in the near future, I should say. Uh, before we move forward with all the revelry to be had, including what has gone on with our very own Kosas Simikas, uh, our Greek export to Europe, to, sorry, to England. Uh, guys, if you haven't done so already, don't forget to like and subscribe. The button is right there on the bottom right-hand corner of the screen. Hit the bell if you want to be notified every time we go live. Help us continue to grow this red and white community and make it the largest community worldwide. Now, Costa. How does it feel? Number 47. Listen, the fifth star is in sight, my friend. It's not far away. How does it feel? Well, I mean, uh, I've become quite uh, numb to this whole thing, if I'm being honest. I think I stopped celebrating um, championships since I was in high school, I think, because that's around the time when the Greek League started um, going downhill in general. I mean, obviously, Olympiakos won it fair and square. There's still some excitement to be seen. Aris had an amazing victory over Ajax yesterday, coming behind from two goals. Panathinaikos are second in the league. Uh, same points as Pauk, I believe, and they're going to play for second place coming up. I, honestly, I okay, fair enough. Um, I'm not... Okay, good for, good for Olympiakos. It's funny, I was just thinking that um, in three years' time, Olympiakos are going to uh, celebrate 100 years. And if Olympiakos win every title until then, they will have won 50 titles in 100 years. That's one title every two years. So we were talking about how Olympiakos need to find a new mentality. They need to channel in their, in, their inner Bayern Munich. 
and I don't mean become Bayern Munich and go and win the Champions League. I mean become a world within a world uh, of the of the Greek Super League. Become your own world there. Become you and everyone else, and start pushing yourself in Europe. Start growing uh, within the football community. And uh, well, if you want to find a goal in Greece, if you want to find something meaningful in Greece, this is it. Win 50 titles by the time you may make it 100 years. That's a goal, I think. That's a good goal, I think, to have. No, I think I think you're right. And look, even though we clinched, uh, we actually clinched the title earlier on, the celebration was this past Saturday. And along with a few other things, we're in a very celebratory mood. Obviously, there are some things that need to uh, change for the summer if we really want to be many things. You're you're 100% right. We're going to get into some of those things because there's already some rumors as well about some of those Mm. things that will be uh, that will be happening. But it still is a good thing that in the worst season we've had in recent past, we are still able to win the league. I know that says more about the Greek league than it does about anything yeah. else, but it, it feels good to be able to say, listen, we were terrible, but we still won this thing. So what does that say about you guys? And uh, it's, it's a, it's a huge thing, but we're next season. We're definitely going to have our work cut out for us. Uh, Bonathinakos is back in Europe and they will be a contender next year. They, that team was great in the second half of the season, especially in the playoffs. Hopefully. So, uh, and we need a, a healthy Panathinaikos pushes us to be the best version of ourselves. Uh, healthy Pak does nothing for us because we still they still don't win the title. But anyway, uh, it is what it is. Uh, Olympiakos gets the 47th title, and we're already, as Papa said, we're already looking towards next season. And uh, a lot of things are going to be changing. It looks like in the summer some players are going to be leaving. Some are staying, and we will see what happens with the rest. Uh, before we move anything further with any post-match or any transfer rumors, Costa, you wrote a lovely article about our former our former red-white, Costas Tsimikas, who is now becoming a, a legend at Liverpool. And in your article, you talk about he was the legend that they never knew they had. So... Go ahead, talk to us a little bit more about your article, what you wrote, and what Simikas did in the FA Cup final. Well, I mean, Simikas, Costa Simikas was always a special player, uh, and it was obvious from the Olympiacos days because uh, upon joining Olympiacos, upon making it through the academy, he willfully went abroad to hone his craft, which, as I as I say in my article, which is in, in the description below, guys, if you want to give it a give it a go, give it a read. Um, and I hope you really, really like it. It's on the description below if you want to have a look. Uh, contrary to many young Greek lads, Tsimikas agreed to go abroad for his loan stint, and he dealt with it so well because a lot of young Greek lads mistake the loan stint for rejection. Whereas in reality, the club tells you, listen, you're too young right now. we got other more experienced and senior players, and the, and the, and the bar is so, far, is so high we can't use you right now, but we could use you going abroad, learning from a tougher competition and coming back better than ever and becoming an asset for us for years to come. Tsimikas did just that, especially at Willem. He came back, he basically earned the uh, starting left-back position. And it was obvious for everyone from the beginning that this is a special talent because there was nobody that even came close to being compared to Grigoris Giorgatos 
uh, at left back, and Simikas is there right now. Uh, he always had that mentality. He always had that hard work, uh, a real workhorse he was, uh, to, to, a, to a point where he's gone for two years and Olympiacos are still missing a left back. They're still feeling his, uh, his absence, same as, same as the right back. I always knew Tsimikas was the kind of character and play because he had this amazing <coughs> way of combining character and talent that he would do something immaculate at Liverpool. I don't know what it, what it is that he's going to do, but he's going to do something. He's going to leave his mark in Liverpool history one way or another. And he did it last night at the FA Cup. Many people were surprised. Nobody should have been because Tsimikas always had that it factor in terms of combination of talent. And um, and character. Many doubted him after a really bad first season, but many forget that he didn't have a preseason. He was marred by his his debut season was marred by injury. It was marred by COVID nineteen. Many people don't understand how important preseason is for any footballer. Thiago Alcantara also also struggled, and now he is their best midfielder. He is among the best midfielders in the Premier League. If a player doesn't get preseason, it's like any one of us starting a new job without any sort of uh, training, any sort of uh, showing us the ropes. How how does this work? How does this work? You can't expect us to do any to do much good. It doesn't matter how much, how talented we are. And the numbers show it. He only had like seven appearances in total last season, and now as Andy Robertson's understudy, he's already already had twenty five, and he already has seven assists under his uh, under his name. Uh, Liverpool fans, uh, you should be excited about the future. That is if Tsimika stays, because he does have, in my opinion, a choice to make. Either stay at uh, Liverpool and hope to get the best as uh, Robertson's understudy. Hope that you're still going to get chances, which it's, there's not going to be a lot because Andy Robertson's one of the best fullbacks in the world. Or take that big leap, go somewhere else, and God knows he's going to find some uh, some good suitors. I mean, he could find other teams in the Premier League, don't you think? Yeah, uh, listen, I we we had this conversation in our WhatsApp thread about all the teams. Somebody had mentioned, I think it was on Don Robbie's uh, channel, uh, uh, Arsenal Fan TV, I believe, and they were kind of just one one of the guys brought up that Costa Simicas is a starter on every other Premier League team, and you know, I I see what he's saying. Uh, I don't know. Um, you know, Cancelo, I think is a, is a very brilliant player. So That's I don't know if he starts over him. I earlier on in the season, I thought maybe also Alex Tellez, but now the, the more Simicas plays and the more Tellez plays, the less I agree with that. If, uh, I, I am an Arsenal, I'm an Arsenal fan in England. So I, I yeah, like to too. believe that Kieran Tierney, I think has, but he's always injured. So that's yes. always a consideration. So honestly, outside of, Outside of, you know, May, uh, Manchester City, maybe, maybe Chelsea. Uh, outside of Manchester City, yeah, the Chilwell's, and he's. I, I I value him too. I think he's a solid player. So outside of maybe those two, I think he does start for every other team in the Premier Tottenham. League. Definitely, my opinion. This yeah. is my opinion, guys. Tottenham he starts. Chelsea. Chilwell's going to be there. We don't know how he's going to be back uh, after the injury, right. and I hope he's very well. Uh, Man United, he's better than Vegas, but Shaw, they, there'd be some competition with Luke Shaw. Right. Uh, Arsenal, there'd be a lot of competition with Kieran Tierney, but he's always injured. Exactly. He's very unlucky, Kieran Tierney, unfortunately. City, no chance in the world. 
Uh, and then there's Liverpool and there's Andy Robertson. He's done so great as Andy Robertson's understudy. Andy Robertson is better than all of the aforementioned left backs we just mentioned. Yep. And Andy Robertson, he's been pushing him. Look yeah. And look at how the Liverpool fans lo- have fallen in love with him. And for him, look, first of all, we have to say the guy has balls. If, if everything we've read is true and he yes. said, listen, I want to take the seventh penalty. He did. And that is inc- that is balls. You love to see that. It's also he's confident now in himself. He he's playing well. He's he's pushing himself, and he's he's pushing Andy Robertson. It says a lot when you have a guy that is playing with arguably the best left back in the world, and pushing him, and pushing himself, and making a case for himself to be playing more and more and more. And in my opinion, to eventually be starting. He's an incredible player. He's doing incredible things. And guys, remember, do you guys remember when some of the Liverpool Liverpool guys were a little concerned? Like, oh, this guy played for Greece when he first joined them. They didn't know how well he was going to do. And in that first season, uh, they, they, you know, I, I think it was James Pierce wrote a couple things about him and people weren't sure if he was going to, going to do it. We kept telling everyone, listen, this guy is a workhorse. He will put his head down in training and he will bust his ass. He did it for us. He did it at Willem. We knew it was only, he was, and he had the talent. We knew it was there. The work ethic was there. All he had to do was work and, and, and assimilate into the system. It was just a matter of when he would do it. And here it is. He's done it. He's already become a hero by by making that the the PK for the shootout that wins the FA Cup final. So it is it is fantastic, fantastic stuff. I mean, I hope this kid becomes a legend. Uh, because right now the way I his trajectory is, I think he'll he could end up going down as the best left back to play for this club. I think he could unseat Yorgatos. Not just could. that club. could happen. That could actually no. happen because unlike Yorgatos. Simikas has succeeded abroad. It wasn't a matter exactly. of talent. It's a matter of mentality. Giorgatos didn't like it abroad. Life abroad is not for everyone. And I can tell you guys, I, I, I've spent half my life abroad, basically. Uh, I, it's a shame. It's a shame uh, Labros, uh, Costas, and Peter are not around because they could. They would also tell you how it is right. living abroad. And I think you've spent, have you spent all your life in America? You never lived in Greece, right? I never lived in Greece. I spent I've when I go to Greece, the most I've ever spent is a month when I've been there. Well, still, though, I mean, still, that's <laughs> that's incredible, though. Uh, it's still it was a matter of mentality there, guys. Um, very excited to see what Simikas can do over there, but he does have a choice to make. He's twenty six, so that's a very good year, very good age, very productive age. But he needs to uh, decide: do I want to stay there and become like a Divo Corrigi kind of character, or maybe? Unseat Andy Robertson. Good luck with that. Or do I want to go and uh, and break out somewhere else? Yeah. We'll whatever see. he does, whatever he does, I'm sure he's going to have a lot of support. And he has a lot of support from Jurgen Klopp, who rates him highly. And his very good friend, Mo Salah, as well. They're best friends. Yep. And listen, I, I'm. he seems happy by all accounts. I saw that there were some rumors about Juventus peeking their, yeah. their noses around the, court, the corner. Um. So listen, he's, uh, I think the sky's the limit for him as a player. And I think he can be the great. And I think that he will go down in history 
for Olympiacos. I think he has the ability to unseat Jorgatos' status with the club as the best left back to come through, not just best best Greek left back as well. So great on him. I'm super happy for him. Uh, it means it means so much, and it's means a lot for the club too. Look at that. We have a talent that we sold into the UK that is being considered not just one of the, the the best players on that team, but one of the best players in that league when people are saying he can play for any other any other team without conversation. You know what I mean? What other player has come from Libyakos and done that? Yanakopoulos, bro. Probably still just Yanakopoulos. Yanakopoulos for Bolton. Yeah, but for, also for a title, a title winner and title candidate. Uh, Dabizas, Dabizas when Newcastle yeah. had a lot of success and became the first Greek player to play in the FA Cup final. Right. Yeah, and Papastathopoulos won it with Arsenal a bit later without playing. We got to say that. <laughs> uh, and Simikas won it for them. And right. uh, well, well, if Simika and if Liverpool win the Champions League, Simikas becomes the first ever Greek player to win the Champions League. Right. He the he'll unseat Akis Zikos as the closest Greek player to get there because Akis was Zikos in the played, final with though. Monaco. Yeah, but Zikos played. And he did. That's right. He, he did, did play. play. Zikos played. Hey, listen, I'll still, I'll still hope that Timikas makes his way in there. You know, he earned, we'll see. It. He earned, <laughs> he earned it. it. He earned it. He did. He did. He did. We got a couple of comments in here I want to touch on. Uh, first from Greg Val. Um, I'll, I'll translate this in English real quick. Uh, congrat- congratulations uh, to the channel. Um, and for the, uh, I take great joy from the interviews that you've done with the veterans. Uh, yeah. Bravo, guys. Uh, thank you, Greg. Uh, for this comment. Thanks, uh, Greg. Hope you continue to, to tune in. Um, uh, I see a comment here. Do you remember that Valverde didn't like Timikas? I'm no, pretty sure he was him. gone. He meant uh, Marco Silva. Marco Silva. Oh, I see that later on. Yeah, I'm, I'm catching up on and the I comments. I don't remember guys, that either. That. I remember that either, to be honest. And if he, I don't. Like, I mean, he was loaned out, though, remember Timikas. He was loaned out. He was. And and here's the thing, Costa. And I know we kind of talked about this earlier. Costa brought this up in our group chat. Simikas could have been another one of those like lost talents that we, you know, wasted away because his loan with Willem had a buyout. Did it? I don't remember it, that. It was two and a half million. Costa brought that up. I looked it up and the stuff that I saw at least at least the things that were reported indicated that there was a buyout with Willem of two and a half million. Now they couldn't afford it, but imagine if they ponied up the two and a half million. It yeah, would have been yeah. very interesting. We would be I think Bento about played a role history. there as well. I think Bento kind of played a role in giving young talent an opportunity and that allowed Rezos to come through most successful. Yes. Simikas, I think, got a bit of that as well. And then you have your Andruzos and your Manfatis. Yeah, that would have been something. That would have been something. Yeah, and I do. I like this comment from Lakis Gavalas. If Liverpool really believe in him, they'll sell Robertson and cash in. Nope. Listen, I don't think it's happening, but I'd love it. I would love it 100%. So, hey, love it. I'm so proud of the kid. He's done amazing things, and it's huge for Libyakos also because that puts us further on the map, That, or I should say that makes us – a bigger image on the map when it comes to possible transfer targets because he came from here and now even more teams will will go and they'll see also some of the other past history in the Premier League that we've had in other leagues with players that have gone and had some success like Luka Milivojevic. Um, he hasn't been playing this much and that's pri- primarily because of the, um, the emergence of Conor Gallagher, 
but he was a staple in that side up until this year. Uh, Arthur as well. Exactly. Arthur Maswaku was doing really well. He actually scored a goal for West Ham earlier this season. He's been sitting on the bench many games, but Wonder goal you know, against Chelsea. Yeah. Wonder and goal. we, you know, we've, we have sent players that we have had success. We've sold some, some solid talent. We, we can identify talent now better than we have in the past. And this is a good thing. And this is something that I believe, looks good on us. And I, I hope that we can continue to do this and continue to develop players and not leave them by the wayside, especially in, in, in scenarios like this, where the league's over, we've won the title and we'll get into some of the, the post-match stuff with Bach things I liked and didn't like, but the title's done. This is when you can be getting a look at some of these younger guys, some of these B team guys, Gosta, I've heard you brought it up. And every time I hear it, I get so excited when you bring up, Vasily Sorlis. I love hearing other people get excited about him. You know, I want to see more of Fadiga. Every time we see him, it's it's interesting. He's a player that is of interest. You like you like seeing what he does on the field. We haven't had that excitement. You know what I mean? For a, a while uh, this season. So it's great to see. Um, oh, thank you, uh, Andreas Mitzis. Jose Satu, for sure, top five keepers this season. Guys, for the longest top time... Top three, probably. Actually. Yeah, if you look at his if you look at his save ratios and, and expected goals conceded versus what's conceded, he has like one of the highest save efficiencies, or he did at least prior to the last, the previous couple of weeks. So it's, uh, it's, it's a very, it's a very good look for the club. Uh, Yanni Spinos, we're good at selling and bad at buying. <laughs> Listen, no, well, I don't agree. I don't completely agree with Yanni on this one. There's, it's a little, I, I see what he means also. Look, we're, we're good at buying when it comes to talent that we see as a, a longer term project. There you go. But we're not good at buying when it comes to filling our core needs for the club. Like we've seen that when we've tried to buy to fill something that a void that we have, like left back and wing, it's been garbage. But most of the buys we've had that we've just identified as this is a, a long term thing. This is a a solid deal. Like guys, look at the Jose Sa. Look at the Jose Sa. Look at uh, Vachlik. Um, those were those were bargains. They were bargain deals that we saw as semi-long-term to hold us over until the emergence of Solakis, for example. And Hopefully. look at some, you know, the uh, Agibu Camara. Look at that. That was that was a super low-risk buy, and he ended up becoming an important member of our first team. And Madi and Cisse and Dushinu. Exactly. Exactly. Africa. Yeah, from Africa, it's been it's been amazing. From Africa, buying them for scraps and selling them for millions. Exactly. Like even even with Agibu kind of coming down to earth a little bit, uh, the you know the second half of the season, not getting a lot of those wonder goals, those things I told you guys were not sustainable. Even if we don't sell him, even if we don't sell him for that 10 and 15 million figure we were we were people were talking about before, it's still yeah. a win. We got him for pennies. It's still a win, still yeah. a very, very, very huge win. And while we're on the subject of yeah. transfers, Costa, we told you guys that there have been a couple of transfer rumors. You heard, you saw the messages from Carapapa. You saw some of the messages from other outlets about how things are going to be changing. Some people are coming in. Some people are leaving. Well, one of the first major transfer rumors was Rafa Suarez yeah. from Victoria, Victoria Guimarães in Portugal. Uh, and a 20, he just turned 27 years old. He's a left back. And, and by all rights, we have been told that he is our kind of number one target at that, uh, left back position. His 
right now his current transfer market value is about 2.2 million. Uh, he doesn't seem like he's an expensive option. He's actually out of contract. Yeah, that's also what this summer. He's, he's definitely leaving Vitoria. Yeah, so this is a guy we'll probably get for free. Um, you know, wage wage wise, uh, he doesn't seem very expensive either. Um, it from from the stuff that I've seen, I haven't been able to confirm anything, but he's not even on half a million a season. So his wages are pretty good too. Uh, and if this, this is a guy, look, remember for left back, the goal I don't ever believe was that Oleg was getting cut or that he was getting, going out the door. He's I always, exactly. The efforts there, he might be lacking in offense. We need somebody to push him. And as long as we have that depth so that we're not running Oleg into the ground in the first half of the season, this is somebody that'll push him. Maybe somebody that's a little bit more offensive-minded. I can't tell you too much. I haven't looked at him that much. But if we do sign him, I will give you guys a deep dive. I will be doing that like I always do. Very excited to do that. Uh, I haven't done one in a while. So I'm very excited to get back into the deep dives again. They're so much fun. Uh, so, But this is the first major thing. The first thing that we needed, Costa. If we do sign the left back first, are you going to be happy that they finally listened? Two years we've been saying we need fullbacks and we finally are addressing the thing first. Have we? That would be pretty fun. We haven't addressed it yet. I'm saying if it's the first thing done. Have we been talking about fullbacks in the show? I have no recollection. (laughs) I I have no recollection of us talking about fullbacks ever in this show. Yes, listen, guys. If Tikinio and Alarabi leave right now, Olympiaco still need to sign fullbacks. Just... Just don't do anything else. Just get the goddamn fullback this yep. season. Uh, we, we've mentioned that as well. Um, you, you made a really good point. There was never an issue about getting rid of Ole Kreabchuk, but it is very important that he gets some competition over there. We, we were just talking about how, com- how important competition is with the Tsimikas and Robertson. Imagine how important it is for Reabchuk. He needs that brownie deje treatment, just like... When Oscar Cardoso joined Olympiacos with incredible scoring ratios at Benfica and Trabzonspor with one goal in every two games, Brownie Dege finally woke up and became the goal-scoring machine everybody needed. That's what Olympiacos need from Reabchuk, a spark to light under his ass. And Suarez is a very decent player, as far as I know. A lot of experience in Portugal. Uh, he had a pretty uh, rich... He, ha- he has been having a pretty rich season with uh, eight goals and two assists in 33 matches across all competitions. That basically means he is involved in one goal in every three matches for Vitoria Guimarães, an incredible age for Libyaco standards, very productive, 27. Uh, was a part of the Porto Academy. Uh, he prefers to stay in Europe. He would love to play in the Champions League. Uh, Corinthians are very much interested in him, but as we said, he prefers Europe. Uh, of course, at Corinthians, it's everyone's favorite manager, Vitor Pereira, that wishes to sign him this summer. Uh, I think it's an interesting prospect. Uh, and at the end of the day, it's either finding a starting left back or finding someone that will make Ole Grebjug the kind of starting left back Olympiacos and any other team would need. Because remember, Olympiacos, if Olympiacos managed to turn Grebjug into a decent player, into a good player, they could also get to sell him down the road, which means profit as well. And unfortunately, as we said, Olympiaco is the kind of team that buys for scraps and sells for millions. Yep. And uh, that's that's the name of the game. Unfortunately, if yeah. we want to compete, that we have to do that. That's the model we have to follow if we want to compete with bigger budget teams. We have to find ways to increase our budget, and that means selling players. 
So, and I just double checked because I wasn't sure. Uh, we we did buy Agibu Kamara for one hundred fifty thousand. Um, oh. uh, so that was yeah, like next to nothing. Uh, we love deals like that. And if we bring in Rafa Suarez, that's more that's more shrewd business by the club. A lot more has to be done at right back, we have to say. So that'll be interesting. Uh, we've talked about this before many times. I think, guys, we can count on. We heard that there were scouts again. I believe it was at the Panathinaikos games uh, that were there. Panathinaikos games, yes. They were there. For Leicester and yep. I don't know about that. I do have no such information about that. Ah, I don't uh, know. What, what information do you have? Uh, so the, just the things that I read in both the Foss Online and the Todeca articles that they were there, they were there, to, they were there looking at players, but they said of them was Agibu Kamara. So it sounded mm-hmm. like there were multiple players being looked at, but mm-hmm. uh, that's the that is the only information that I'm aware of. But they were there. Uh, I still think that it's a good, it's probably a good pro- high probability that he leaves. Maybe not for big money, but I think maybe he's out this summer. Olympiacos have had to learn the hard way that they need to sell at least at the right time. Look at Madi Kamara, look at maybe Usain Uba, and well, it's very hard to say this. Um, I guess look at Ruben Semedo, I guess it's another one. But having said that, Olympiacos need to just get rid of Ruben Semedo right now, as I'm like, look, I will say hindsight, I think hindsight is 2020 with that. Because I remember when we were talking about the fees and figures with him that Porto, everyone was everyone was insulted by the fee that Porto yeah. was talking about back then. But putting into perspective his work permit issues, we couldn't get him to Wolves because of the work permit issues. Then you know what happened happened, and we remind we were reminded about the risk of ha- with him, and that's the type of risk that you have him getting into, you know, the those types of issues. So look, regardless, I. The, our most valuable asset is going to be Cissé. So if yes. we want money, we have to sell Cissé. Then we have to decide how we're going to plug that position. We're not getting, we're not going to get a lot of money for other people. There's a nice comment here from Andreas Mitzis. Try to get 25 million out of selling Cissé, Mari, and the likes of Lala, Onyakuru, and then invest carefully. Uh, I don't know if that's going to equal 25 million. Uh, Cisse is probably going to be 10, 10 to 15, hopefully. That's what I got. 12. That's what that's where I am. with uh, That's the info I have with Cisse. But I do have a question for you, Ari. Go ahead. Would anyone buy Lala or Onyekuru? That, so we've been hearing that it's Galatasaray is in the mix for Onyekuru. They do want to purchase him. Yeah, but not for a lot of money. But the, it's not going to be for a lot of money. Yeah. We're, losing, we're going to lose money on Onyekuru. Everybody just needs to face the facts with that this was a terrible buy a terrible investment in the deep dive i listened i re-listened to my deep dive and i and i'm happy to say that i didn't understand why we purchased him i had an idea why but i didn't understand it uh i'm happy to say that i still uh agree with that and that i had that at the time my my scouting was on point but we're not getting the money for him Madi, we're not getting close to what we could have gotten for him last season you know uh we're we're not getting we're not getting anything for him so lala look kenny kenny's an interesting character this season there's a lot of people that don't like how soulless he is on the on the field but he hasn't been awful you know he there he's had some some good games there's some good parts about his games he's a he's a technical guy he's not the most offensive oriented guy he's not doesn't have a lot of flair but 
I I was going through some some key plays of his during the season, and he does have very precision passing. Uh, very, he's had quite a few through balls. He has the highest crossing accuracy on the team. FYI, guys. So there's a lot of good stuff about his game. It's just when one of the things, and we, I said this in the deep dive when we got him. The team that he was playing for was constantly on the defensive. They weren't a team that pressed high. They weren't a team that was constantly in possession. So the curious thing at the time was whether or not he could adapt to that. And I don't think he got there consistently. So I think we can get money from him because there's a lot of attributes that teams will like from for him uh, in terms of his, his crossing delivery, in terms of his vision. Uh, if they're looking for a player that overlaps and – um, and somebody that can take players on, you're not getting that. But there's plenty of teams that still want a more traditional fullback that has plenty of technique and plenty of accuracy to his name. Will we get, you know, good money like a seven to ten million fee for him? I don't think so. But we'll get more. We'll get more than what we spent for him for sure, because I don't believe we spent even five hundred thousand on him. If that's if if my memory is correct. So, uh, but the important thing guys to remember here, and I, I do see some people jumping on this as well, is that we're getting rid of some of these ridiculous contracts like Onyakuru. It was never disclosed what his real contract was, but I've seen figures discussed over 2 million, which is disgraceful. Like if this guy's one of our highest earners, that's a huge problem, huge problem. Um, Kenny Lala is not making a lot of money. He was, he did get, I think he's on about a million cause he was on about 700 K in France. So he, he is, that's not a huge wage, but it is a wage. Uh, we can get better for less. I believe. Um, if you're thinking we're getting seven to 8 million for Madi, I think you're dreaming. <laughs> I don't think, I don't think that we would, I, I wish we would get that. Um, uh, but I don't think that's uh, I don't think that's going to happen. But yeah, at this point, there's there's a lot of guys on this team that have huge contracts that we have yeah. to offload. Um, figuring out what we're going to do with El Arabi if we're going to continue giving him that money. You know, um, El Arabi's done some important things for this club. We we yeah. did see his production go down a little bit this season. It did pick up this in the second half of the season. The last few weeks, he's he's turned it back on again, but. Unfortunately for me, that's too little, too late. You know, top score and for Olympiaco still, but yeah, yeah, the productivity has been less. So it's do you do we roll with him? Do we keep paying him that money? It's a lot of money for us guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a lot of money. Our 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 wage bill is has grown, and we're we're getting a little bit of a boost because I don't know if you guys saw we're we're signing. It looks like that three year deal with Cosmote, and. Next season, the TV rights money is jumping. It's close to 20 million euros, uh, which is which is good. And that will help. But, you know, to compete, we're going to have to get better and better players, which means the wage bill is only going to be going up. So we need to start being smarter about the money that we're spending and not just spending for the sake of spending, but continuing to evaluate good players and going back to what made us successful in the first two seasons, even third season, I'll say of Pedro Martins instead of this season where we, we made all the wrong decisions. Um, so that's, and that's the important thing. And a lot of people are talking about also introducing more of our B team players. Uh, yeah. I agree with that. That's a ch about as cheap as you get. 
You know, Vasily Sorlis, we signed him to a pro contract, but he's is he even making 100K? I don't think so. I mean, Costa said it best, and I was making this joke that uh, when you uh, when you see Olympiacos playing their first team, uh, it's very suspicious because it looks like Olympiacos are throwing the game away, whereas when they play their seconds, you know they're going for it. Uh, that alone says a lot. Uh, that alone says a lot about preseason. Bagallanis yep. needs to get an opportunity. Fatiga needs to get an opportunity. Uh, Surlis definitely needs to get an opportunity. I really want to see what could happen with those uh, Dabo and Keita characters as well who are considered uh, talented. They definitely deserve an opportunity in preseason. But the way I see it in general, the only position at Olympiacos that doesn't need any recruitment is goalkeepers. Vatsli, Kristinsson, Zolakis, with Zolakis going to the uh, B team and back, which he needs. He needs to get more games uh, for experience and to grow. I think that's perfect. But every other position, literally every other position, except the number 10, but we're putting them in the midfield category, they need uh, need, uh, signing. Yep. I I agree with you there 100%. Um there as far as some I've I also saw somebody here asking if Mvila was leaving. I think that would be a mistake if we lose, if mistake. we get rid of. I you know and Lambro was talking about this when you guys were on the last podcast, but a lot of people, a lot of Greeks I've seen that are that were upset with Jan Mvila for how slow he is and after recovering from COVID, kind of how poor defensively he is. But guys, he's a huge mistake. Look, forget about how Bukhalakis and Mvila look when they're together. When you have a proper eight next to Jan Mvila, or you act, you know, let's say Madi is Madi and he's playing like he did last season or from the, you know, the, the times we did before. Do you guys remember some of those games that we played? The first game against Marseille when we ran the 4 3 3 and it was Mvila, Bukhalakis, and Madi. Do you guys remember what that looked like when Madi was playing at his best? Jan and Vila just distributing the ball all over the place, getting so many touches, constantly moving the ball around, Madi getting the ball forward. I mean, when you have a proper eight next to him, it, it, he works great because he he sits back. He's that he's just that engine of possession. He pivots where he's got to go. He can put the ball on a dime wherever it needs to go. That's not the guy you get rid of. There's other players that that need to be gotten rid of, and there's other players that hardly got any opportunities. Um, you know, I'm glad I Lambro. There were a couple times he would dig in on Kunde here and there, but Kunde, I thought in the first half of the season, with some of the substitute appearances we saw, we there was something there. Then he gets COVID, and it was a struggle for him getting back. But we've also been seeing in some of these appearances that he's made that there is something there. I don't think we wasted 2 million on him. I hope that he stays at least for the summer, gets another look. I think he can offer this team something. But beyond that, something in the playoffs, you're showing something. I I agree. I agree with that. I agree with that. Um the what I would like to see is if we do offload uh any midfielders, whether it's Madi, whether it's Ag- whoever, I want to see these B team players come into come into the fold. Vasily Sorlis, you will nobody will be able to convince me that he does not deserve a chance with the first team. Yeah. Vasily yeah. Sorlis, when I watch on replay the B team games, when I'm looking at things through Y Scout when I'm watching him, he is too good for the B team. He is too good. He, you just see it in those games. Men and boys as Costas has put it. 
Exactly. And I, every game I've seen, it's been like that. And I, there's a lot of people that engage with me on Instagram. Uh, a lot of you, uh, Aguilos Guts is one of them. I don't know if he's here now that watches those games. He goes to those games and we talk about some of the players that have been playing and everybody that has watched says the same thing. Why is Solis not in the first team? And that's the, I mean, he's, he's one. If I had to just pick one, it's him. It's him. It's got to be in the first team. And if slash when Cisse moves on, that's another one. Look, maybe we need to get uh, another, you know, first team center back. But I think Fagalianis at least needs to get somebody needs to get a promotion from the B team so we can start building that long term plan again. Some of our best defenders have been Greeks that have come through this club. Center backs. We need to trust what we create because that's in our identity. That's our our nationality. We Greek Greece breeds great defenders. We need to trust that and play those. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But that's I, that's for me. That's what I want to see happen. Can I tell you for next season how Olympiakos could field based on what we've seen and what we're hearing about about transfers? I think Olympiakos are made for the four-two-three-one formation ever since Valverde took over, and sure. I think Martin should go with that with such good number tens like Carvalho and Fortunis. How I see it, goalkeeper Vatslik, right back, left back signing, center back Manolas with a signing, or Manolas with Papastathopoulos slash Bagalianis slash Kinkue slash Markovic slash Useinuba, who I'm not giving up on, midfield Mvila with a signing, or Mvila with Kunde slash Surlis slash Pepe. Wingers signing on one side. And on the other side, Masura slash Gary Rodriguez slash Radzelovic slash Vrusai. Number 10, Fortuni slash Carvalho. Striker, Tikinio slash El Arabi slash Saini. That's how I think the lineup should look next season. I think I think you're right. I mean, look, we def for especially for that winger position. You brought up when you were talking about signing plus Masuras plus Gary Rodriguez. We first of all, we need a signing. Gary Rodriguez is the closest thing to a dynamic winger we have had this season. The only thing that we've had close, and he was marred by injury. But you've seen that when he gets playing and when he gets rhythm, he manufactures some solid opportunities. So. There has there was an article that we shared on Twitter. We're going to be putting it out on Instagram this week and sharing some tidbits and some some data from one of our bloggers, Patrick Kasky, uh, who is not a Greek, by the way. He we 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 met him if you guys remember when we did that first show about uh, with Nefji Baku. He spent some time in Azerbaijan. He got to know. He follows a lot of the smaller leagues. He is brilliant with football statistics and football analysis. Uh, and he wrote a wonderful article. You might have seen the article he wrote last year about Marika Mara. He also wrote one about Jan Mvila. And he just wrote one about getting the most out of Masuras. Yanis Masuras. It's on the website, www.gate7intl.com. Go check it out. But in there, in the everything that he talks about, uh, all the things that we have talked about with Masuras, all the things that we've complained about, all the things that we like about him, what what makes us kind of so confused in whether we love or hate this guy, uh, because he's an enigma statistically. But one thing is for sure, 
And that thing is that Masuras needs a dynamic winger on the other side to kind of pull the creative load because Masuras runs nonstop. Masuras can find the lanes. But Masuras, when he plays on the wing, is basically like a striker on the wing. That's how it works statistically. He doesn't have the skill to take people on. He has he has a nice cross. But the way he makes the runs, the way he's an animal in the box, the way he gets his opportunities, he's a striker that plays outside. He doesn't give you a lot of that creativity. You need somebody else to pull that weight. So we need that signing on the wing. We need that dynamic presence to pull that weight. So, Costa, I think you're absolutely hitting the nail on the head. Besides Gary Rodriguez, who we can't really trust to be healthy all the time, we need somebody else to do that so that we can continue getting the most out of Masuras. Because despite him being our best open play goal contributor this season, well, up until I should say this past week, I haven't checked the updated stats now, but our best open play goal contributor, but this isn't a guy you're going to make money on. He doesn't have, he doesn't have the underlying skills or stats that teams will look for and that will get you that big fee. He will always be a great player for the Greek Super League. He will always be a, a great player, at the very least a great squad player for Libyakos. But he's not the type of guy that's going to be a European asset. Yeah, well, uh, Masuras is, um, is a quiet force, a silent rage, as I see him. I think you hit the nail right in the head. He's uh, more of a, looks more like a striker rather than a winger. And I'm sure Libyakos this summer, they are hoping slash aiming to bring a Galetti slash Miralas type of winger, the guy that takes people on, he breaks into the area, he throws that killer ball in that scores the goals, creates the assist. That's the kind of guy they're going to go for them. I mean, they're hoping for a name like uh, Henrik Mkhitaryan, but obviously a lot is going to depend on what happens with the qualifiers as well. And I, like I said, based on what we've seen this season, the qualifiers, uh, the upcoming qualifiers for the Champions League stink of Capitel um, Aviv slash Hapoel Bersheva, in my opinion. I hope not. I hope not. We have another comment here going back to Sorlis from James Howlett. Sorlis is indeed too good for the B team, but it's better for him to play in the B team than not being used at all in the main team since Martins seems too stubborn in opening the rotation. James, I, I don't disagree with you there. I think actually... We all we all agree on that. We all agree that we'd rather see him playing, but we're just saying, listen, this guy needs to become part of the first team. He's too obviously we'd rather see him playing than not playing. Actually, and I'm gonna say this if he's not gonna be part of the first team over the summer, at look, if if I were him and for his career, I'd leave. But at the very least, we need to loan him out. He's too good for the B team. He needs another challenge. Send him somewhere else. Send him to Germany. Send him to Holland. I mean, our players seem to develop very well in Holland. Remember when Marios Vrusai first came back? Zimikas did really well at Willem. So send send our guys there. Send him there. Loan him out to somebody in the Netherlands. That's fine by me. But he should not be playing B-team football next season. He is too good for the B-team. He needs a bigger challenge if we want to get the most out of him. Uh, comment here from our, our good friend, uh, Doron Tor, well done on winning the league. Thank you, sir. Thank you. And uh, we're hoping, we're also rooting for our, our brothers in arms, Nottingham Forest over there in the UK in the championship as they fight for promotion. It was a tough loss to Bournemouth, but uh, I, I still believe in you guys. I still believe that you can do it. And they got the upper hand in the first playoff. They got the upper hand now. They so did. Let's see. 
We'll see what happens. We will see what happens. Spados. Masura says El Arabi replacement. I don't no, know if no, he can be in no. Nope. Nope. No chance. I don't this know. This kind of reminds that. me from uh, 2000, the, the summer of 2009 when Djordjevic retired and Olympiakos failed to bring like an actual replacement for him. The best they could find was Jawad Zairi. And I remember from the, uh, from the then management coming out and saying, you know what? We already have a replacement, and his name is Ari Soiledis. Yeah. And we all know what Soiledis is doing now these days. So Yeah, I remember. I still remember Zaidi as well. Zaidi would have some of those games where it's like, who is this guy? But then once in a while, he would have one of those games. It's like, oh, my goodness. He was this a very guy, good player, but he just This guy can ball. He couldn't make it happen. He couldn't make. He had an incredible, incredible dribbling abilities, incredible cross. I remember that goal from Mitroglu, the second one against Panathinaikos. It was all Jawad Zairi's cross. Yeah, time. gorgeous cross and a, and a lovely little play too to get the opening for that. Uh, so that was uh, Zaidi had some definitely had some great performances, but the problem for me was his consistency. I don't think he could consist. There were games he just disappeared, but he was a very talented. The consistency. There you go. Yeah, he was a very talented player. Uh, Joel's replacement was Albert Riera. I think that was about the 10 next years. Year, the next year. The next year was supposed to be Albert Riera's. Albert Riera was yeah. supposed to be Joel's uh, replacement. It was a few years later, though, wasn't it? Didn't wasn't uh, Joel uh, retired? Two, 2009, Joel left. It was he 2000. Was, okay. He was supposed to have been replaced by Sebastian Leto, but Leto fell out with Valverde. So, George, if it's had yeah. to keep on playing. And he finished in 2009. Um, was there was no replacement. And then 2010, Albert Riera arrived. Albert Riera came. That was uh, He came actually before Valverde was appointed. He came when Lenin was, was appointed coach. He was our big bam signing of the summer when Marinakis first took over. I, I don't um, remember that, but yeah, maybe, probably, yeah. I, uh, I remember, because I, I remember when he took over, everyone talked about the first big bam coming in, it was, and it was uh, Riera. And he ended up leading the league in assists that year. Uh, had a great season, and then um, and then we ended up. He pushed his way out to Galatasaray. Yeah, we didn't even yeah. make the money that we spent on him. But anyway, that's a that's a story for another time. But Costa, we've kind of talked about it a little bit. Uh, we've we've gone in and out with some of the different transfer rumors with what was going on with Masuras. Guys, again, if you haven't checked it out already, check out that article from Patrick Kasky about Masuras. Patrick has become a fan of Olympiacos, and he is uh, in, he's Scottish. He lives in Scotland. He's a Rangers fan. He writes for Rangers. Well, this is what we're here for. This is what Gate 7 International is about. We're about bringing not just Greeks together and Greek-Americans, Greek-Australians, Greek-Brazilians, and Argentinians who, who are part of this community, but non-Greeks that just want to that want to see other teams that that like what they see and want to become a part of this this is what it's about this is about growing this huge international community for libyakos getting getting how some how people call the casuals is that what they say the casual fan i'm not not too sure i think this is the kind of channel that brings on the um not forgotten but somehow um well yeah kind of forgotten parts of libyakos's fan base because when you think about Olympiakos fan base, you think about you think you think about it all Greek, but it's not true. Olympiakos have fans from everywhere, and uh, it's all about inclusion here. It's all about bringing everyone here, Greeks and non-Greeks. Doesn't matter where you're from. Doesn't matter if you ever were an Olympiak. Doesn't matter if you were coming from an Olympiakos loving family or a Greek or Greek heritage. It's about everyone. Right. Exactly. So, uh, and that's exactly what we love about it. We've got so many contributors, so many a uh, couple of our bloggers. 
that that are not Greek by descent, but love this team, and that's what it's all about. Now, Costa, uh, we're starting to come on to an hour here, so we'd be remiss if we didn't at least touch on this this game that just happened, even though for us it was going to be a celebration one way or another uh, because we clinched the title. The result didn't match matter for us, but Olympiacos uh, did play Balk at home before the celebrations. Uh, it was a 1-1 draw. We went down early, but then in towards the end of the second half, uh, that was when we had that lovely, lovely look by Tzolakis. He saw Adruzos way up the field about, at, at about the halfway line with no Bach players in sight. Everyone just left that side of the field pretty open. And Tzolakis takes what I thought was a very veteran move and just plays the ball to him in stride. And then Adruzos did very well going down the wing, with gets closed down by two players, but sees Carvalho running at the top of the 18-yard mark and plays the ball into him through the two defenders. Carvalho also, we have to say, took a very nice strike just around the keeper on that on his right side. It was a lovely finish, lovely play. Well done by Adruzos. Uh, game ends up drawing one-to-one at full time. But even though Adruzos had a, a, decent, a decent play on, in that respect, when I saw his inclusion in the lineup, it was one of those things that confused me a little bit because here we are, we're talking about players. Uh, we had mentioned that, uh, or it was written in some outlets that Martins was going to look at players in these games that maybe he wasn't so sure about uh, or some players that he wanted to see if he could show them something to see if they could have a part in this team. And when I saw Adrutos's name, we've been hearing for the last month and a half or so that Adrutos is gone. He's out. So why why wouldn't you play Vrusai? Why play Adruzos if he's on his way out? Do you think this means that he might actually stay? Uh, it's It goes back to one of my questions. Uh, do you think uh, Olbiakos could find a buyer for Andruzos? Because he, he, he still has a contract left with Olbiakos. Yeah. I'm not too sure if he can find a buyer or just uh, loan him out. Maybe. Uh, it, like I said in the playoffs, uh, from the moment Olympiacos sealed the league against Pauk in Tuba, I feel like uh, Pedro Martin should have just played the seconds, all of them. And I think, and I feel like they've earned that opportunity. Like we said, they showed a lot of passion. They showed like they wanted to be there. They showed like they wanted the result. They had something to prove to Pedro Martins and the uh, the fans of Olympiacos ahead of preseason and ahead of next season. I feel like a lot of people have earned have earned the. Uh, an opportunity, and they did against Pauk as well. You're playing against supposedly the second best team in uh, in Greece, and well, you remained undefeated against them. You saw plays like you just mentioned how important Zolakis was in that goal. Uh, who, in my opinion, Zolakis reminds me a lot of the Dimitris Eleftheropoulos. He plays like he's much older than he actually is. He has a, a bit of that Matthias de Ligt thing where he he acts like he has more of a veteran mind on the pitch rather than a new kid who's still trying to find his way. Uh, uh, around the um, around the grass, I, I I feel like we're all happy that the season is coming to an end, and I feel like every all fans or every single Greek team is happy that the season is slowly coming to an end. Everyone's looking forward to that, and and like I said, that Olympiacos uh, Olympiacos need a signing for every single position, and Martins would do great if he gave the kids a chance, and more specifically, Bagalianis, Markovic, Kinkuev, Surlis. Uh, Pinakas, we'd like to see get him somewhere, and, and 
you know, the, the little trio of uh, Fadiga, uh, Dabo, and Keita. Really exciting to see what they can bring because they could also save you some money over there. They could become the next Siseba, Gibu, and uh, Kamara, and Madi uh, as well. I, I agree with you. And speaking of Fadiga in this game, I thought he did some interesting things as well. Yeah. So I'm hoping that means that we see some more of him. Um, now, um, I saw some, it, this was the minority, but I saw some people commenting on Solakis for the first goal when Box scored on that like first minute when they had the run up there and Villarinha, I think, crosses the ball in and Adruzos sees, kind of like loses his man a little bit. And then the, the you know, he gets, he connects with the cross from Villarinha and then he scores. So I I saw some people kind of complaining about that. And, and using it was Zivkovic. Oh, Zivkovic. I apologize. I apologize. Uh, that's right. That's right. Sorry. And then uh, Felipe Suarez, I believe, is the one that gets yeah, his head on that's it. The, that's so, the good score. You're right. Yeah, it was Zivkovic. I apologize. They're both. You have two little short guys. I always confuse <laughs> them. You know what I mean? But it was. Uh, I mean, that was a lovely ball, lovely play from Zivkovic. And but a lot. I saw some people saying that like that kind of cross. That the fact that Zolakis didn't cut that out proves that he's not ready for the first team. Because yeah. those are those are types of things that a guy like Vachlik or Jose Sa will go out. He will step out and break that cross up before somebody can before somebody can um, can connect with it and score like that. And I thought about that for a second, so I started going through some plays. I started going through some plays for Jose Sa. I started going through some plays for Vachlik, and Vachlik, or sorry, Jose Sa definitely would have come out and gotten that. Vachlik, I don't know. Vachlik is a very good keeper, but he stays on his line more than Jose Sa does. Jose Sa was a lot more aggressive coming out on that. So I don't know if I if I would agree that that what what Solakis did was like an amateur move. Because mm -hmm. from his positioning, the position that he was in when the cross came in, he did I I think he did. I, again, I'm not a goalkeeping expert, but he seemed to do exactly what he was supposed to do there. Adruzzo's completely left. Felipe Suarez on Mark. He just lost him entirely. So I don't know what your opinion was on that, but I don't necessarily blame that on Zolakis. I completely agree with you. And plus, we, we've said it. He is Thomas Batzlik's understudy. Uh, he still needs to keep playing with the B team to get some more games, more experience. I wouldn't be against the loan. I definitely wouldn't be against the loan. But it's funny with goalkeepers because if you loan out a goalkeeper to improve, you want to... Be sure he's gonna play, oh, and yeah. you know, with goalkeepers, only one can play there. I mean, where do you find a team that plays in a decent league and has a decent stature, a de and it's a, has decent uh, foundations, a decent organization that will tell you, "Yeah, bring him over here. We promise we'll play him every game. We promise we'll play him for X amount of games." Where are you gonna find that? It's it's tough with goalkeepers. I feel like the B team would be a great thing because he's still playing with older people um, in the uh, second division. He's not 100% ready, but he is going to get there. Zolakis is a gem, in my opinion, and uh, it'll be very exciting, not just for Olympiacos, but Greek football in general, to see how he can uh, improve and what kind of levels he can, uh, he, he can reach. Because you know what? He could also go to a big team. He could also be sold, and he could also do what uh, other great Greeks did abroad uh, in, uh, in the recent past. Yeah, I I definitely agree with you there. I was just curious because I saw the I saw those comments and I was I was kind of unsure. 
Um, no, no, I think you're right. In my opinion, you're. And plus, I mean, he's so young that I mean, he gets to he gets to it. Even if he does screw up, he gets to do that once in a while. Okay, he's very young. right. And this game also, again, it, it didn't. We, we've we've secured the title, so uh, you know you, he's gonna. You need to give him these kinds of games because this is how he can build that experience. And it's no, it's literally zero risk for us. I wish we had played more, but I guess I should be happy that we at least saw Bagarianis and Fadiga. So I'm gonna. I'm not going to complain too much. Uh, we also saw in the midfield, we saw Kunde, We saw Kane yeah, was, uh, was there too. Kane is... I was about to ask you. I'm not too sure about, about Kane. We we talked to Patrick about him because he came from uh, Neftu Baku. Neftu. And I did the deep dive on him. And he's very much a six. Another six. <laughs> we have so yeah. many of those on the team. I see. I do see some value in him. Uh, defensively, I think he, his defensive work is is okay, but for what we are looking for in a player, like if you're looking at like the the void that we still have have there for sixes since Guillerme left, that's not him. Kunde is closer. Kunde isn't even as good of a passer as Guillerme was because, but but what Kunde has that Guillerme also could do was he had that ability to also take the ball get the ball forward, not be afraid to go at people. Kunde can do that. Kunde's also fast. Kunde's short passing is all right. It's just his long passing is sometimes um, there's a little bit to be desired there. So that was uh, very interesting. And then we saw, of course, the the wingers, Gary Rodriguez, Fadiga. I thought that was an interesting winger combo, even though I still thought we struggled to penetrate box you know, defense. We only materialized, I think, maybe three shots, nine shots on target, not, we really didn't. We only had two chances to me that were clear goal scoring chances, or as cl- close to clear goal scoring chances that you could get. And the the Carvalho goal, I don't think counts because from the area where he was shooting, that's actually a tough angle. If if you look at the shot that he took, that's a very difficult shot to make. That's by no means a clear opportunity. The clear opportunities for me was the Gary Rodriguez, uh, the Gary Rodriguez opportunity. Uh, not his first one early on in the game. That was a nothing chance. But the the one that was like 20 minutes in, 20, 25 minutes in, I believe. And then the uh, the Socrates Papastathopoulos chance in the second half. I believe that was like our first our first look on goal in yeah. the in the second half off of the um, the Kunde the Kunde set piece. Um, so that was it. We only had two opportunities that were semi clear. And the only reason that Papastathopoulos one was um, was anything there is because he got his head on it while the goalkeeper was out. Otherwise, it was almost an open goal. But we, we, we're still struggling. This team struggles because it doesn't have too many dynamic wingers because we play so slow. We struggle to penetrate through these defenses. And it's been, it's been a mess, especially in the second half of the season. Like, you look at our XG, uh, our metrics, and they're very low. I mean... Yeah. Well, go, going through the last games against Bach under one, 1.3 Panathinaikos, 1.3 against Aris, under one against Bach. It's it's not good. It's just not good at all. And what makes things worse, too, is even though our defense doesn't allow a lot of opportunities against us, the problem is when we do get when when teams do get forward against us, there everybody seems to be very efficient at converting chances against the Dibiakos this season, especially in the second half. So, like, look at Bach, right? The, I'll look, I'll read off the XGs for you guys for the last four games. 
against Balk this past game, 0.63. Against Panathinaikos, when we lost 2-1, to 0.47. Against Adis, 0.84. Against Balk, um, first week of April, 1.28. Against Basianina, 0.6, and they scored two goals against us. The we're, we In Pedro Martins' career, there has never been a segment of time like this where Olympiacos has allowed teams to outscore their XG against us. We've always been very efficient and very good and very strong in our defense. But this season, it's been a different story altogether. Things have been ugly, and we've let things slip through the cracks. We've gone through it. We've gone in depth with that, but like we feel like there, there are players who overstayed. At Olympiacos, yep. they feel like they should have gone a long time earlier, but it didn't happen mainly because of COVID. Uh, I feel like there's a lot of players who are too tired and they just want to go on holiday, especially after they clinched the title. They just didn't have a lot of uh, uh, a lot of interest in just uh, pushing it. Like you said, the 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 not good enough wingers to break into an uh, opposing uh, de- defenses. Not a lot of backing from the fullbacks. Um, the, you got that Guilherme factor missing as well. Uh, the Tsimikas and El Abdelawi factors as well. El Abdelawi wasn't uh, firing the same way he was firing in his first two seasons at Olympiacos. Fortunis was injured again. A lot of work to be done, but it, the fact that Fortunis will get his preseason and will get his chance to go back and play for Olympiacos, it's huge. Uh, yeah, I mean, we've said it. A lot of, uh, a lot of work to be done. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens. It's a good thing they start in the second qualifier of the Champions League, but immense changes. You need to you need to see some uh, you need to see a drastic change in steam to hope that uh, they're at least going to make it to the Europa League, in my opinion. Yep, and honestly, I agree with what Costa had said before. I would, because of how tight the schedule is, and when we start playing our qualifiers in the summer, I would just let the first team guys off from now let them let them go on vacation let them get the rest that we keep hearing from everybody that they never that they can't they're not getting give it to them give them the rest the players that you know just let let the first team off let the b team play the rest of the games let the guys that are hungry that we've seen the best football from actually play the rest of these games and let them go so that we can get better for champions league and we can be better prepared and everybody rested and healthy for those champion, those really important Champions League qualifiers. Because as you've heard from everybody so far in the front office, the goal is Champions League. They want Champions League football, not Europa League, not UEFA Conference League, even though that's probably more our level. They want Champions League football. So if that's what you want and you want players and you're complaining about players being healthy, let the first team guys go and play the B team guys, get a better look at them and let them continue to go forward from there. Guys, as we uh, begin to wrap up, don't forget if you haven't done so already, hit that like and subscribe button. Join the red-white mission here at Gate 7 International, connecting all fans who love Olympiacos, whether it's Greeks, non-Greeks, anybody. We're trying to We're trying to get Olympiacos the global recognition it deserves. So help us do that. Like and subscribe. Tell your friends. Get them to like and subscribe as well. Now, guys, coming up this week, I believe we play against Ike on Tuesday, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Uh, that is 
an away game, correct? I can pull that up here. It is on Tuesday at Oaxaca against Ike. And uh, yep. hopefully Olympiacos are going to play their starters because uh, Ike have had a very difficult season. <laughs> yeah, they, they poor guys have been just falling apart. Don't you feel sorry for them, Adi? Don't be so cruel, man. you got to start thinking about the people. <laughs> Jesus, some people. Uh, those guys. Yep, so we, we do have Ike coming up on Tuesday of this week. Uh, we're going to have uh, some more transfer rumors coming up, guys. We have our ear to the ground, um, talking to a few different people. So we're going to have uh, – we'll keep those coming. We'll have a lot of transfer specials because it'll, be it'll be the season. It'll be transfer season. Gosas going to be busy. I have to say this, guys. <laughs> Christopher Nkunku is not coming at Olympiacos, okay? Contrary to, contrary to some misunderstanding that happened recently, Christopher Nkunku is not coming to Olympiacos. I when I heard that when I listened on uh, replay coming home, <laughs> I died. I died. Lambro, Lambro, Lambro killed me with that one. Sometimes his, sometimes his brain farts. Sometimes his brain farts kill me. I love it. Very quick, very quick, very quick. I have the suspicion that someone, not us, someone, someone, is going to link Diego Costa with Olibiacos. I'm having the suspicion. We're going to hear Diego Costa for Olibiacos. Diego Costa, Luis Suarez isn't renewing his contract with Atletico Madrid. So that's Oh no, Luis Suarez, no way. But Costa, <laughs> I can see it happening. I can I can feel it, Diego Costa. Ooh. Ooh. All right, boys. Thank you, every boys and girls. Thank you, everyone, for listening, especially if you've made it this far. This is Gate 7 International by the fans for the fans. Look out on Tuesday for the game against Ike. Congratulations again to our women's basketball team for Libyakos DC. They they came back, I think it was 6-5 in the end. Tough match against Shore Sports, which saw them go back to the top. Libyakos and Libyakos, former players, people are having success all over the place, whether it's Costas Simikas, our boys across the pond here, Libyakos DC, we love it. So much to be, so much to be happy about, so much to revel in. And let's hope that the revelry can continue with great performances from everybody. And let's hope that we see something, some more of our B team, some more of our young guys against Ike, and that we have a strong showing. We bring in the players that we need this summer to get this thing done. So thank you, everybody, again for listening. This is Gate 7 International. Oh,